Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to Nature Spirituality with Selena Fox. It is good to be with you here on Circle Sanctuary's Internet Radio, CSNP, and I'm also live streaming this to my main Facebook page, Selena Fox Updates. Thanks to all of you who are tuning in live, and to all of you who will be joining us later. Sacred forests all around. Sacred forests all around. Sacred And 
have been making my home here along with my husband, Dennis, ever since. Prior to this, I lived at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve itself in a house that was right on the edge of the forest that is our main Circle House today. And most of Circle Sanctuary's 200 acres of land is forest. Caring for forest, guiding people on forest communion experiences, doing reforestation as well as forest preservation at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve and supporting efforts in other parts of the world, very central to my own personal work with ecoactivism, as well as part of the work of Circle Sanctuary, which began back in 1974. So in taking a look at forest life, I'd like to share with you some of my own experiences in being part of the community of life here. Yes, my husband and I live in this home. I'm on my back porch right now. But off, all around, in the trees, in the forest around us, are a variety of birds and other creatures. It's summertime, so we have fireflies. And we have squirrels and possums and raccoon and deer. We have a variety of creatures that also have this forest as their home. Now, some of the creatures are migrants. They come for a time and then move on. With some of the birds, we know when springtime is coming because they show up with the spring. Most people know about robins being harbingers of spring. But for us, it's not only robins, but red-winged blackbirds, as well as the bluebird. We've been involved in songbird preservation and education for many years, and it's wonderful to be able to see the longtime residents around us and to hear them as well as to see the visitors that pass by. So you may hear some sounds of the forest as I do this workshop, this talk, this podcast tonight. There are three main types of forests. We're in what's known as the temperate forest. We have four seasons here, and each has their own special beauty. I am coming to you during the summertime, and this afternoon we've been blessed with some much-needed rainfall. One of the things about living in a forest, a temperate forest at that, is that you very much get a sense of being in tune with the seasons, not only in what you observe in the 
realm of precipitation, the amount of sunlight, but in terms of the sounds that you experience during the course of the year. Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve is just past this first set of trees. Um, it's way in the far distance, so our property adjoins Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve. And there we have a wetland, and in the springtime, the spring peepers are very vocal, and we can hear them all the way up here. The sounds of nature change as day dawns and as night comes on, and they change with a variety of other factors. One of the things that I've come to appreciate by being a forest dweller is how much nature has a constancy, but also is ever-changing. Some people call this nature's mystery or the paradox. Temperate forests cover large portions of North America and Europe in the Northern Hemisphere, and many of the trees in this particular forest, temperate forests that I'm part of, are hardwoods. So different types of oak in particular are in this temperate forest. But there's two other types of forests, broad categories of the forest biome. One is known as the boreal forest, and that's further north. That's up in sub-Arctic. So parts of Siberia and Canada, Alaska and the USA have this northern type of forest, mostly evergreens. Now the soil there tends to be fairly shallow and poor. Lots of trees, lots of cold. Um, here in the temperate forest, the soil is very rich and fertile, and even during a moderate drought, such as we've been having over the last couple months, we still have a lot of beautiful greenery here. And with this rain that's happening right now, it will even add to the vibrancy. As we move towards the equator, we have the third type of forest that is known as the tropical and subtropical forest. Most people know these as rainforest, although rainforest can happen in non-tropical areas as well. And a rainforest typically has two seasons, but it, here again, it, it depends specifically on where in the world. Um, some are raining most of the time, some tropical forests have a dry season and a wet season. And we have a lot of diversity in rainforests, not only in terms of plants, but creatures. And each of these types of forests are important to preserve. Indeed, we have many different 
uh, types of plants and wildlife throughout all three types of forests. In particular, we are um, having two-thirds of um, the planet is benefiting from the third of the forests that cover our wonderful world. It is really important to protect forests. And part of the reason for doing this podcast on forest life, as well as doing a series on forest magic, is to share with you some of my learnings about being in a forest and the need to protect forest and to celebrate forest and to find ways to connect with the forest. So I invite you to take a few moments now and think about forest dwelling. Regardless of where you are living now, chances are at least some of your ancestors back in time dwelled in a forest. Now, some say that forests on planet Earth began 450 million years ago in the Silurian geological age when plants first started appearing on the planet. So plant life and trees have a long history here on planet Earth and have been around much longer than humankind. We as humans, as well as other life forms around the planet, rely on forests in so many ways. Some people call forests the lungs of our planet. One of the most important reasons to protect and preserve forests has to do with sustaining the community of life here on planet Earth. Forests capture carbon, and it's a wonderful way to help balance the use of carbon by humans and others, but mostly humans. When forests go into decline, when forests are clear-cut, when they are cut down even um, with some good management skills, we are still losing the trees and the whole ecosystem that is forest. And one of the real difficult things that have happened in recent years as global climate change has manifested and become increasingly visible is that with drought and high heat, that forests are being lost to wildfires. And the whole western part of the USA has had wildfire wild issues during the dry season. However, that dry season has expanded and many places in the western part of the USA are exceedingly dry that are in high drought and high 
fire danger. And when wildfires begin, it's really important to not only suppress the fires, to stop the fires, to preserve human life and human habitat, but to preserve the whole forest systems that exist, the creatures and the other plants. We are all part of an interconnected whole. So it's very important for us to be aware that wherever we are on the planet, we are interconnected and that it's essential that we find ways as a species to live in greater harmony with the rest of the natural world and to do some things to stop the carbon emissions, to slow down our use of fossil fuels, to shift over to clean, green, sustainable energy. And clearly, more than 200 countries around the world are awakened to this situation, and many are taking measures to really limit how much carbon emissions are going into the air that are contributing to green, the greenhouse effect and global warming. But more needs to be done. I do think one way that more humans will come to understand the importance of forests is to spend time in forests, to be forest dwellers. And indeed, not everyone um, may find it a good lifestyle choice for themselves to do what I've done all these years, which is to live uh, quite a bit of a drive from uh, human villages and suburbs and cities. But yet, as you can tell, I'm not totally um, remote. I am coming to you through technology. Yes, a landline phone and satellite um, internet and I'm also having another device that's videoing this in case the uh, technology doesn't work. When you live out in, in the woods, you do have to have backup. You not only have to be prepared, but you also have to um, be super prepared and be resourceful and flexible. So I'd like to share with you some ways that you may want to experience forest dwelling. Indeed, you probably have done some forest dwelling and perhaps haven't considered yourself a forest dweller as you've been doing some of these things. First of all, let's take a look at lore, folklore, old and in contemporary times, not only the telling of the stories, the reading of stories, the writing of stories, the videoing and filming of stories, but the experience of our ancient heritage where forests have been so important and considered sacred across a number of different cultures and spiritual traditions. In contemporary paganism, forests are still very much an honored part.
part of the natural world. Many groups and individuals have particular forests where they do ritual, where they go and experience the magic of forests. And whether you live close to one of those ceremonial areas or not, whether you live close to a forest or not, one way that you can dwell in a forest is through your dreams, through your imagination, through the experiencing of lore. And whether it be a movie, a symphony, a song, a poem, you can dwell in a forest through learning about forest experiences that humans have set down, forest impressions through creative works. Another way to be a forest dweller as we come out of the pandemic, yes, we're in 2021 when I'm doing this, and the pandemic is still happening in different parts of the world. In the United States, more people are starting to go and get out and about, and hopefully we will be able to put the pandemic in the rearview mirror and in the history books once and for all not only in the USA, but in other parts of the world. And pagan festivals are starting to happen in person in many parts of the world again, including at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve. We had our first in-person Sabbath event, a one-day nature communion retreat, and during that time, those taking part in Solstice Day observances had the opportunity to go into the forest, to go out into the green, to be along the edge of the forest, to go deeper into the forest for those that chose that option. And we have a festival coming up at the end of July 2021, our annual Green Spirit Gathering. It's our celebration of Lunasa, Lamas. It's the first of the harvest. And one of the wonderful things about Green Spirit at Circle Sanctuary Land is the greenery all around us. And I gave the festival the name Green Spirit many years ago because part of our tradition for harvest was to go and harvest green growing herbs, mugwort in particular, but a variety of different plants, doing wild crafting as well as gathering from our gardens. So Green Spirit is happening, a variety of other places are happening, and many of the gatherings that exist today have had some natural site for the gathering um, of those taking part in the event. Our largest event of the year, Pagan Spirit Gathering, has been held at a variety of places. And in every case, there has been forest as part of our Pagan Spirit Gathering, Gathering Visit uh, Village. And we would find time not only to create our human encampment within this natural setting, private land, some years, um, campgrounds, 
other years, the venue other years, to be able to have that green space around not only is good for the here and now, but it helps us as humans connect with the natural world in ways that you really can't get any other way. Being able to connect with the ways of our ancestors, to be able to experience the rhythms of nature by spending time, whether it's a day, several days, or in the case of our pagan spirit gathering, which is more than a week, eight days, we are able to experience ourselves together as humans, but in relation with the larger natural world. So taking part in some type of pagan gathering that's held out in a forested area can be a wonderful way to celebrate with other humans, with shared belief systems, as well as to experience the magic of forest and nature. Many people go camping, and many of those campgrounds are in wooded areas. might not be a deep forest, but lots of trees around. And the whole idea of going into a national park, a, a national forest, a state park, a state forest area, or a local park area, it's a way to get out, relax, and experience the beauties of nature. So actually going into a, an area for camping is a way to be a forest dweller. In addition to whatever human activities, conversations, singing around the campfire, um, going swimming, your interactions with other humans, when you have occasion to go camping in a forest or in a natural area with lots of trees around, I invite you to consider taking, even if it's only a few moments out, to go out and to be still, to be present with the forest, to connect with the forest as a living system of life, as a community of life, to view yourself as a visitor to that world, and to practice good manners, to honor the space, to be aware of your impact on that space, to express appreciation for that space, for that forest, place. Being able to physically go into a forest and do a ritual. It can be a very simple ritual or one that's more complex and one that lasts a long time is another way to enhance spiritual practice. I suggest if you're going to be going into a forest area for the first time, and part of your forest life experience will include ritual work that before you even get to the forest, that you look up online or connect with someone with information, find out 
a bit about it, its history, its protocols, you know, what are the rules for being in the space, and be aware of who's caretaking the space and what dynamics there may be and ways of enhancing your practice. I mean, if there's a nature walk and you're going to be spending time at a natural area that, whether it's public or private, and someone's going to be doing a nature walk, you may find it helpful even before you do any type of ritual, wherever you are going to be doing that, to actually experience the land, experience the trees, experience the creatures, experience the wide range of plants and life there. So learn about the space. When you get to the space, get to the forest, spend a few moments and connect with it, honor it. You may want to do an offering of words, of song. You may want to send well wishes through your hands. If you do laying on of hands, Reiki work, um, spiritual healing with hands work. Um, you may want to take a bit of water, do a libation, make some type of gesture of honoring and connection. And then spend a few moments and get a sense of your connection with the forest. You may want in your mind or speaking out loud to invite the forest to guide you in your work with the forest, in your visit, and being part of forest life with the forest. And then, if you get a sense, it is good to move ahead and move and do a ritual, then let the forest spirit be your guide. Now, some places in a forest, there is a clearing, a natural clearing, and some people like doing circles in a clearing in a forest because it gives a chance to be able to move around, set up an altar, actually sit down, lay down, and to just be totally in a cathedral of trees, a hinge of trees naturally occurring. And indeed, some ancient peoples created a symbolic forest with wood hinges, actually putting tall poles around in a sacred circle. Um, you'll find that in Native America. You'll find it across Europe and some other parts of the world. Being in a circle in the center of a forest, facing the sacred directions, if that's part of your spiritual tradition, and the circle craft tradition, which I practice, I begin with the north, go to the east, the south, the west, continue around to the north, look skyward, honor the sky, honor the land beneath, honor the spirit and center, and honor that spirit that's within oneself as well as all around. So I do a not only a circle casting, but a sacred sphere casting as part of doing a ritual in the woods. 
I think any ritual should include an honoring and a thanksgiving of the forest and of any teachers. They may be in the form of creatures or of trees themselves or other plants or the wind, a bit of rain, the sun, the moon, of different forms sacred forms of nature may come to you as you do ritual in a forest. Now, some people prefer to find a tree and to do the ritual activity in connection with a tree. And often that tree is one of the older trees. And if you're going to be working with a particular tree, I invite you to also honor and connect with the tree, not assuming that just because the tree is there, it is there for human use. Trees were around a lot longer than humans, and uh, there have been different times in human civilizations and different places and cultures and spiritualities where trees have been honored rather than seen simply as a kind of backdrop. Um, for me, the trees around me is my way of being able to honor the forest that I live in and to give you all a chance to be able to connect with this forest as a living being. Being thankful at the end of ceremonies, be they short or long, paying respects, and then the final part of ritual, and some people do this before they depart the forest, and some people do it at the end of giving thanks and concluding circle, is to take some time and reflect on experiences. Now, I'm a big one for journal writing, and I've used that not only in my own personal practice, but I've had other people who are part of my um, community life as part of my own um, work and doing healing work with others. I've found it not only helpful for myself, but for others to be able to set down some description of what I've experienced or sometimes it takes the form of creating a song or a poem, um, a ritual itself can spontaneously emerge as one spends time in a forest. Some other ways to dwell in a forest. Well, I'm one of those people that has chosen to have a home in the forest. Yes, there's some people growing up might have a tree house which is a way of communing with the tree. And some people actually build their homes in trees, and that's a whole nother topic. Um, before building our home here in this forest, we actually, Dennis and I, spent several summers living in the forest, having a camper up, having a temp tent up, and we would spend a lot of time in the forest to get a sense, first of all, is this the right place for us 
as well as for the forest community around us, for us to have our home. Um, as I um, began connecting with forests from a very early age, I've really enjoyed trees, love trees. They're my friends, and I um, have had a reluctance to even have any trees cut down at all. I came to understand that at times cutting trees is necessary for the health of the stand of trees if one's disease, and sometimes one does need to cut trees to manage a forest for good health. And so I've grown and evolved in my attitudes about that. Um, if, if tree cutting does need to happen, and certainly in order to put our house here, we did have to cut some trees down, I did some ritual work honoring the trees. And um, one of the things we did after the trees were cut down, is we had someone with a sawmill actually take the wood from the trees and uh, do a process with it. And we actually have wood from the trees that once grew here on this land in our house for flooring and around the windows and doors. It was our way of paying respects to the trees, and of course, we did some um, good forest work to help the forest around us grow and thrive. So you may want to consider having a place in the woods, and if you are going to be doing that, then I do think it's important before you build to spend as much time as you can with the environment, being in the community, where does the sun rise, where does it set, what creatures are making their homes around where you plan to put your home. Now, for some people, forest dwelling takes the form of going deep, deep, deep into the woods as a kind of wilderness retreat. And some people do this as part of a structured program, and other people do this as a, a way of self-reflection. And clearly there's lots of lore about the so-called um, woods wizards, woods witches, hermits in the woods. Well, the hermit word is a, a kind of a curious word. I understand that it means humans being separate from other humans. Well, during the whole pandemic, and I'm still spending a lot of time at my home place, I will say I certainly missed human contact, but because I see my own support network is not only humans, but involving sacred forces I work with, as well as this community of life around us that I actually um, took comfort in being in a place with so much life and so much activity and seeing myself as just one human, and my husband as another human, out here in a whole community 
of birds and other creatures, of trees and shrubs and herbs and all sorts of other plants, and being part of a forest community. So clearly, like so many humans, I am thankful that things have evolved thus far to allow more going out and being out with other humans, but I want to give special thanks to this forest around me for helping me deal with a need to have companionship. So a wonderful thing that has been. Well, in talking about forest life, I want to share some approaches for you in addition to doing ritual work and being a forest dweller. I'd like to share some suggestions for enhancing forest life. So first of all, be aware of what you need physically when you're going out into the woods. Uh, you know, dress appropriately and be aware of hazards and how to deal with things. So. Uh, so being able to go spend time out into a wooded area or a deep forest, get prepared, carry water, be hydrated, carry food, and have some kind of a compass if you're going to be going off trail. If you don't do much work in forest, I begin with going to a place with established paths and with a map so you have a good understanding of where you're going and how to get back. And my opinion about cell phones, I guess it's mixed. I would say selectively use a cell phone if you're going out into the woods. Why I say bring it along is if there is an emergency, it is helpful to be able if you're in a place with some cell signal, to be able to call for help in that way. But the main reason I carry a cell phone with me, um, in fact, this very one I'm using um, for live streaming this, is so that I can photograph, um, make notes, um, take videos of the beauties of nature around and to be able to reflect on it later and in some cases share that with others. So here are some things to consider doing during your time, spending time in a forest. Focus on each of your senses. Find a place to sit for a few moments or longer if you're able and be aware of what you experience physiologically in your body. What are the physical sensations? What are the aromas? What are the smells that you experience in the forest? What do you see? And to change how you look at things so that you are looking at specific parts, specific trees, 
as well as looking at the whole view. Sounds, touch, smell, and yes, taste. When I was in the Pacific Northwest, I uh, near Puget Sound, I had an experience of being in a forest, and I the air had a wonderful aroma, and I could taste it as well. And when I've been in forests that are on the east coast in the Tidewater area of Virginia and Maryland and Delaware, known as Delmarva, I've gone to places where the fresh water and the salt water turn into a kind of brackish water, and they're forced there too. Definitely be prepared to ward off mosquitoes if you're going into that form of forest. And being able to smell and to taste the salt water um, in the breezes, amazing. I've had a bit of experience of a boreal forest. I haven't been to Alaska yet or in northern parts of Canada. I have been in Canada and been in British Columbia, as well as Ontario and Newfoundland, various places. So I haven't been up to the subarctic, but I have been in forests that have been evergreen forests. And northern Wisconsin has a bit of that as well. A very different kind of feeling being in those forests compared to the hardwood forests where we are right here. And I've had a bit of subtropical and tropical forest experience as well. Back in 1988, I lived in a rainforest on the island nation of Antigua for several weeks. And Dennis and I visited friends who were living on that island. And we were out in what was known as the bush, and it was an amazing experience to be without electricity or running water. We had to go to the local village to get water. And and yet the the magic, the forest magic, while different, was very strong. Experiencing ourselves kind of going beyond time and space, being in this amazing rainforest. And Pretty much every day it would rain, and often we'd get this fabulous rainbows in the sky as the storm would pass. So storms would pop up, we'd get a bunch of rain, and, and they'd move on. So while I haven't been to um, lots and lots of forests all around the planet, I've been to a variety and can tell you that each forest, has its own special magic. And in the realm of temperate forests, I um, have ancestors in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia and have gone to the Shenandoah National Park and gone along Skyline Drive and not only appreciating the beauty of the space, but for me personally, being able to connect where my fox ancestors dwelled for multiple generations 
has been really amazing. In the northern edge of the park, there's a nature trail, and it's called the, the Fox Trail, and it's near the Dickey Ridge Visitor Center for any of you that might find yourself out in that place. The old Fox family homestead is gone. The graveyard is still there, so I was able to visit um, Family Cemetery. It's all part of the National Park System. But one of the wonderful things that I experienced in being in that place was feeling the joys of a mountain forest and the beauty of the forest as at different times of day, seeing mist arise, experiencing um, the beauty of sunset and sunrise. I, I like to take pictures when I'm at different places. It helps me at the time be able to connect more fully with the place, but it also helps me to return to the place in my imagination um, after that. And from time to time, I will share some of that with others. So my own forest life has taken me across the USA and some other parts of the world, and I want to celebrate forest life, not only human life as it connects with the rest of life in the forest, but the idea that we are all interconnected. So, are you a forest dweller? Will you spend some time this summer, sometime this year, being in a forest? Well, if you do, that you can carry with you from our time together some ideas for honoring the forest, giving thanks to the forest, celebrating the forest, singing to the forest, listening to the forest. And in our day-to-day -day life, let us continue to be aware of the forest as a part of nature in its multifaceted ways, whether it's by the equator, whether it's up in the Arctic areas, whether it's in between in the temperate zone. We need forests around the world. And it's important that we support efforts that are protecting and preserving our forest. Planting trees, an important thing to do. Important, too, to plant the right trees at the right place. So um, learn about trees, learn about forest environments, visit them, and also find ways to experience Forest life and its multifaceted dimensions. So as part of forest magic, tonight we're looking at forest life, and I have two other parts to this series. Next will be forest therapy. I've talked a bit about um, 
getting out into a forest doing ritual? Well, actually going into a forest is part of improving one's mental, physical, emotional, social, spiritual health and well-being is something that's ancient, and I'm going to share with you some techniques for doing personal healing work in my forest therapy presentation, which will be next week. And then we'll take a look at forest enchantments, really taking a look at some of the folklore connected with forest and legendary forest, Sherwood Forest and Robin Hood, and how that continues to play itself out in popular culture and enactments in not only the arts, but in our imaginations. Different types of forests that have come down to us from the ancient past and places that are sacred and have been sacred and used by humans in sacred ways since the earliest of times. And next week in Forest Therapy, we'll be talking a bit about Shinto and Japan and the emergence of forest dating. We'll also be going around the world for forest enchantments because many people of many time periods and different places and cultures and spiritualities have come to honor forest and have had remarkable things happen, encounters happen, forest enchantments. Thank you all for tuning in to this first of my forest magic series, and I hope that wherever you are, that you'll take a few moments and appreciate forests that are already part of your life, and Increase your awareness of forest and increase your action to help preserve forest, not only for humankind and our well-being, but for the greater circle of life that is here on planet Earth. Thank you all for tuning in. I give thanks to Circle Sanctuary's podcasting team. I give thanks to Circle Sanctuary for its internet radio network, and I give thanks to forests of many types for being part of my life and part of this sacred world. So be it.
thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connected to the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 